0: This is Dan Vigella, and welcome to this special sponsored episode of AI and Industry, where we're going to be focusing on powering AI systems. It's clear that there's a revolution in how artificial intelligence is done in neural networks as opposed to the old-school systems of the 80s and the 90s. It's clear that hardware is beginning to evolve, and it's also quite clear that the way that we power these hardware systems is going to have to change. GPUs and AI hardware are tremendously power-intensive, power-hungry, and this week we speak with Robert Gendron, who works at Vicor Corporation. Vicor is based here in Andover, Massachusetts, they make essentially power components and they're focused on powering AI systems. We speak with Robert about why artificial intelligence systems are power hungry. And we, we talk about why the, the way that they are powered needs to be different than, let's say, traditional manufacturing equipment. Robert really dumbs down the ideas of, of amps and volts and really breaks things down into pretty simple, I think, business leader friendly terminology about how the powering of these systems has to go. If we want to reduce energy costs and we want to be as efficient as we can, why there needs to also be a revolution in the way that we power these systems. Certainly an interesting and different angle. Definitely plays into the theme of AI hardware. Kasako Research is the sponsor of this episode. Kasako is putting on the AI hardware event in Mountain View, California from September 17th and 18th. And again, they were the ones that had put us in touch with Robert here for this episode. If you're interested in what we do for our sponsored episodes here on the AI and Industry Podcast, go to emerge.com advertise. You can see our sponsored content guidelines so you know who we work with and how as well as sort of what our offerings actually are. So without further ado, we're going to roll right into this special sponsored episode on powering AI systems. This is Robert Gendron with Vicor. Well, Let's roll right in. So Robert, uh, I wanted to start off with asking about the power demands of AI systems. I think a lot of folks are aware, there was a big piece in MIT Technology Review about how AI is unsafe for the environment because it sucks up so much power. And I think that really brought attention to just how power hungry these systems are. Give us some context on that. You guys are in the power business. What makes these systems so power hungry? And what does that really mean?
1: Yeah, so we've seen um, GPUs and ASICs used in AI applications, where the power demands have increased from a few hundred watts to now we're working with some customers up into the thousand watt range, and more importantly than the the power level itself is is uh, how that power is being delivered. That is, it's typically sub one volt, and um, uh, being sub one volt again supplying that much it, that means it's about a thousand amps of current. So very high current at a very low voltage.
0: Got it. So that's what these systems require. And you know, for the folks who are tuned in at home, I imagine the only reference that they have to power and voltages and whatnot, for those who aren't intimately familiar, would be, okay, you know, I have a power drill in my basement, or I have a vacuum cleaner. What are those voltage and amp ratios for sort of appliances if people were going to get a, a rough proxy on things that they know?
1: Yeah, so uh, best probably think about a light bulb, a light bulb is, uh, you know, a typical light bulb is 60 watts. So again, we're talking 1000 watts that one processor is consuming. So again, this is the, and then that one processor is in a, a let's say a, a server rack and then in a server farm. So we're talking a massive power consumption typically by AI type processor. Got it.
0: And in terms of how this is being handled today, I mean, these folks are just eating gigantic power bills, but clearly there's hardware to support this. There have to be systems to to feed these giant farms, as you put it. How is that being tackled at present?
1: Yeah. So ironically... The industry typically has used a solution that's been around now for about two decades. It's called a multi-phase power scheme. And its uh, you can imagine it's uh, like one voltage regulator or power block that you parallel up or you, you scale up by adding more of these power blocks together to create larger and larger overall power delivery systems. Got
0: it. So this is the same thing that would be used in, let's say, one of these giant server centers for your Facebooks of the world, your Googles of the world, et cetera?
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, you have it in your, you know, probably the laptop that's in front of you. Uh, Same with mine. You have this uh, kind of multi-phase scheme where your processor is being powered, let's say, by three or four of these little power blocks scaled together. But for a GPU, you could have as many as um, uh, uh, 20 of these uh, power blocks parallel together, supplying the power.
0: And I guess it sounds as though, obviously, for you folks, there needs to be a shift in sort of how this is done in terms of the the paradigm for what that powering looks like. What are those new options? What are sort of the potentially better ways? Obviously, optimizing things for the sake of the environment and for the sake of a power bill is pretty important for these folks that are doing
1: a lot of this processing. What does that new system look like? Yeah, so the, the challenge is, is that... Uh, again, with the conventional type system, it's becoming larger and larger. And so now it's harder and harder to keep that power delivery converter close to the processor. And so as it moves farther and farther away, you create more of a loss in delivering the power to the processor. So not the consumption of the processor, but just losses in delivering the power. We've created a technology and a product that actually locates the, uh, the, the power regulator that, you know, the power delivery system directly underneath the processor itself, uh, entirely eliminating all of the losses that you would have on the motherboard or PCB.
0: And in terms of the folks who would ultimately need this, I think I'd like to talk about that proximity issue in just a little bit. But I'm, I'm thinking here to myself, and I imagine the listeners are as well, what are the sectors where this is most relevant? You know, I'm imagining Amazon has to crunch tremendous amounts of data for all their various and sundry applications. I mean, they're, they're selling things with AWS, never mind the rest of what they're up to. But we've got the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. We've got self-driving car companies. We've got pharma companies that might be using AI to try to develop drugs. Who's doing, quote unquote, enough AI to really have to
1: think about power? Yeah, so historically, AI was, it was more in a, a supercomputer, uh, you know, a dedicated machine uh, for uh, deep learning and perhaps uh, inferencing then we've seen in the cloud space inferencing start to be uh, performed and now in the cloud space we also see deep learning being performed so there's a massive shift going on of going from a supercomputer to cloud deployment uh, and this is what's really increasing dramatically uh, the adoption of ai in the cloud of course but then to support iot type devices now you also mentioned automotive uh, you have both uh, uh, Quite a powerful processor in the automobile, but you also have support back in the cloud for it also. So all of these areas are driving larger and larger powered AI devices.
0: Well, when you talk about cloud, it makes me think about, well, the folks that then need the power of managing that quote unquote cloud, the people that, that actually own the machine that are renting it out to whoever is quote unquote using it in the cloud. It seems like that's who the market is there. You can let me know if I'm incorrect on that assumption. And then secondly is is this IoT side, the devices out in the world. So vehicles are a great example. Maybe you have some other interesting examples of kind of that IoT. So cloud, it makes me feel like, okay, Amazon, right? Like the, i'm buying compute from them they are the ones that have to deal with power what else is in iot i mean cars is easy what are some other good examples
1: yeah so you have uh you know in your home you'll have thermostats you'll have um, even your uh, entertainment equipment your health devices uh, health monitoring health exercise type devices there's many things now being tied back to quote the cloud for then you know being analyzed monitored etc Again, where we're focused on is in that high power of the inferencing, the deep learning that's going on in these large infrastructure deployments. You know, again, that is the cloud.
0: Got it. So the folks that we're going to, I was going to, and you can let me know if I'm incorrect here. I'm sitting at home. I've got a device plugged into the wall. I may or may not need a revolution in powering in my home, but whoever is handling the processing on that device in my home, they're going to need said revolution. Is this a correct assumption?
1: You're exactly right. That's
0: correct. Yep. So whoever is actually doing the heavy lifting on whatever these sensors are ultimately yielding, whatever predictions are being made, whatever massive parallel computing is happening, whoever's dealing with that load, they're going to have to deal with the power. You talked a bit about proximity. How close can this power source be to the actual computing being done? Uh, We talked a bit off mic about the voltage and the amps and sort of how that plays into the mix. I'm going to challenge you here, Robert. I know you live in this world, um, but explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. What is it about proximity to power that makes it relevant for this new kind of computing that might not have been relevant if we just kept up going with CPUs?
1: Yeah, I guess the best way to always think about it is like water flow. If you pour water, let's say, down a drain and it's uh, restricted, that's resistance, right? The more resistance you have, the less water you can pour down the drain that analogy then is compared to current being delivered to, let's say, a processor. The more the drain is open or the more the pipe is open, the more current can be delivered. Again, less resistance enables more current, less loss. The more loss that occurs creates heat. And now you have to get rid of this heat and manage that heat. So again, the closer you are to the processor with the power converter, the less losses you create and the less heat you generate in the system. And
0: so is there some sort of simple math here about, you know, when you separate yourself by X distance, you know, you lose X percent or something. I imagine, you know, for the folks that are in the power business, you have to be able to make a business case here. Are there rules of thumb about sort of how much is lost so people can kind of get an idea of what the leakage of this heat and power
1: looks like? sure it's, uh, it's it's simply enough it's the uh, the losses are calculated by a very simple equation of i squared r that is you take the current you're transmitting you square that and then you multiply it by the the resistance or loss of the material uh, in this case you know we're talking about a pcb and that tells you how many watts you're losing because of that distance
0: and this is a curious question to maybe follow that up with is this different for other kinds of power that a company might need for some other sort of application? I'm imagining a manufacturing plant. I'm imagining a, a big manufacturing plant that has, you know, big robotic arms and maybe it's not even using really AI, it's just rule-based, they're just moving around. Lots of big equipment that's that's melting things and molding things and moving things. Um so we're not really talking about AI. We're talking about a big factory with a lot of moving stuff. They also need power are their needs different because maybe it's more voltage than it is amp is is this whole gpu world much more let's say amp oriented than it is voltage oriented and for that reason we need to be closer or does really any power need to be closer in other words is this a gpu or kind of neural net specific issue or is this just you know power in general is going to start moving closer to what it needs to power what are your thoughts
1: there So you have distribution losses, as you mentioned, in in almost any market, in any application. So again, industrial, uh, any sort of application, you have distribution losses. So anytime you can place the converter or the power delivery closer to the load, whatever it be, a robotic arm, et cetera, yes, that's more advantageous. You get less loss. What makes AI unique is that the currents are increasing by so much. Again, from historically maybe a few hundred amps to now, like I mentioned earlier, about 1,000 amps of current and being delivered at sub-one volt, this is quite a challenge. And so, as I mentioned, any sort of loss in that type of system can really hurt the overall system. Now, then you take that, that one problem of that one processor being powered and multiply that by a deployment in a cloud-based infrastructure. And it becomes a massive power problem.
0: Yeah, because you're dealing with those gigantic farms, right? We're not looking at an individual little application somewhere. We're looking at, I guess, power at scale.
1: That's correct. That's right. Yeah.
0: So do you kind of foresee, if we look forward into the future, maybe this is the last question for us, Robert, if we look forward into the future at the folks who are handling the hardware that is really doing these computations, the the folks that basically own the most GPUs in the most racks in the most farms. Do you foresee kind of a sea change in how those systems are powered over the course of you know the years ahead, where there's going to have to be a better way than the very loss heavy way that we have now? Like you said, the the ratio of voltage to amps makes it sort of that much more dangerous in terms of leakage, at least from what you had said in terms of that resistance. Is there kind of an a pretty inevitable shift in powering, just like there is in hardware and software?
1: Absolutely. In fact, power typically limits a system or an AI process in the computational type performance. So power right now, there's a demand on power, I should say, to make it more dense. So again, get more power out of a smaller converter. And then again, get that power converter closer to the load itself to reduce the distribution losses. And this is prevalent powering the processor, powering the server board, powering the server rack. You can go all the way back the you know to the, the power lines itself looking at the exact same situation
0: got it so uh, there will be i imagine a sort of ecosystem of experimentation obviously your firm is working on this but an ecosystem of experimentation to figure out how do we solve this problem how does power evolve as the kind of power demands of these systems scale up there's probably going to be a, a number of different ways to kind of crack that nut but it sounds like for you that that general shift is going to be inevitable
1: Yes. And again, it's quite a dramatic shift that we're seeing, especially over the past, um, uh, let's say, uh, five years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the next five are going to be a wild ride for you folks, Robert. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. And I appreciate you being able to join us here on AI and Industry. Thanks so much for answering our questions.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So that's all for this episode of the AI and Industry podcast. We'll be back into our normal theme of the ROI of AI as of next Tuesday. Uh, If you're interested in AI hardware as a theme, Kisako Research has their AI hardware summit happening from September 17th to 18th at the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, California. I actually lived in Mountain View for about a year. The Computer History Museum is a pretty darn cool place to be, and Cosaco is putting on their AI hardware event, again, this month, September 17th and 18th in Mountain View, California. So be sure to check that out. The link will be mentioned on the actual article that goes out for this particular podcast episode. And otherwise, I'll be catching you next Tuesday for AI and Industry for our theme of the ROI of AI.